Welcome back, Rugby Pick'em fans. Today we have a two-person Rugby Pick'em bio for you. I sat down with Michael Pisney, who grew up in Iowa, and Danny Bell, who grew up all around the world but landed here in the U.S. in Phoenix, Arizona. We talked rugby, told some stories, and to be honest, they're the bro couple of the Denver Barbarians, so there was only one way to do this interview, and that was with both of them. Danny's dog was going nuts in the room next to us, but we got the job done. Enjoy. Alright, welcome back Rugby Pick'em listeners. I'm here with two of my favorite guests for our first ever Rugby Pick'em bio threesome. It's a gangbang today. Menage a trois, if you will. La-la. I'm here with Michael Pisney. Hello. And Danny Bell. How's it going? Both on the Denver Barbarians team. But boy, do these two old veterans have a hell of a rugby backstory. We're going to get into the past. But boys, let's start at no better time than the present. You just got off a big game. What's going on for you this summer? Uh, Man, I'm just sitting back and working on my beach bar. (laughs) Relaxing. Taking some time away, gonna watch some sevens, uh, hold a couple Coors Lights, that's about it. There you go. Emphasis on watch some sevens. Yeah. Mm, yes. Yeah, it's the perfect spectator sport. You really don't have to pay attention, you just kind of say, who's who's been winning today? What's keep, the best team? Keep the kids hydrated. Wow, that guy's fast. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> so you guys are in your mid-30s. You've each put down anywhere from 12 to 17 years of rugby. 29 seasons for me. Oh, excuse me. 29. You have played for an array of clubs uh, starting across the Atlantic in Kenya for Pembroke House. Yeah, prep school, English prep school in Kenya, uh, starting at six years old. So right out of the gate. I mean, when you grow up overseas, you don't have a lot of uh, choice where you go to school. Went to a traditional English school and started started young. You could say they take rugby pretty seriously there. You could say that. To the point where it's actually mandatory for the students to play? Uh, Oh, absolutely. Team sports. Uh, Rugby in the winter, field hockey in the spring, and cricket in the summer. Those were your choices. Piz, do you ever think public school could uh, mandate that? You Uh, must play rugby. You know, it'd be nice if they did. It's uh, such a good character builder, but... I don't see it happening anytime soon, uh, especially coming from a much different experience where it was kind of a third-hand sport in the state of Iowa, and we had to go out and find our own rugby experiences growing up, and um, you know, but it was it was a much different experience than that. It was some would say corn-fed. Well, let's talk about when you first started and where your rugby experience began in Iowa, where you grew up in Iowa Falls. You played your first game for the men's club team there. At what age? I first stepped on the field at the age of 14 um, in the Okaboji rugby tournament in the summer. Um, purely out of the men's club had run out of players and I got thrown a, a pair of shorts and boots. I'd grown up around rugby and had handled the ball quite a bit. so knew a little bit, but it was basically a run force run situation. Um, and that was my first uh, rugby experience, uh, let's say, 
Yeah, for uh, almost 22 years ago. So the ref cleared your leg braces before they came off on the field? <laughs> yes, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> Let's flash back to you, Danny. What's rugby like in Kenya? You know, uh, pretty pretty good for, I mean, it was prep school. So you're talking about kids aged 6 through 11. Um, but all out of the British school system, you have a lot of younger younger teachers coming out of the UK and South Africa, so a lot of enthusiasm and stuff like that. Conditions were perfect, and my school was in the Rift Valley, a small town called Gilgil. So we played at altitude. So when we went down into the city, into Nairobi, to play against the other schools, you know, we had the altitude fitness going for us as well. So just gas them. Just, just gas them, run them, run, run them ragged, just like here in Denver. So after a couple of years there, you find yourself in England playing for yet another prestigious rugby school. Which one was that? Uh, I went to Oundle School, which is a boarding school in Northamptonshire. Uh, played there for seven years, starting uh, in the junior grades and then all the way up to just uh, up to first 15. I mean, I definitely wasn't the best athlete or even the best player. Most, time, most of the time, just a B-side player through high school. So it was a lot of fun. Got to play for some pretty uh, high-level coaches. My first coach in high school was Terry Cobner, who was a former Lions player, played for Wales. Um, and then uh, after he retired and went on to be the director of Welsh Rugby, uh, John Olva, former English hooker, came along and uh, coached us. So, you know, amazing amounts of wisdom to pick up from over the years and you know there's nothing like uh the old school rugby where you know tries were still four points and um lifting in the lineouts was it was in its infancy but uh you know they t taught you to throw a little pie in the rucks you know it's all tactical it's, a, it's much more of a chess game it wasn't so much about cheating as to what you could get away with and manipulate the game you know you grow up quickly in a situation like that yeah, I think England has this brand for, for hard-nosed rugby and, and playing tight, strong defense. What was your takeaway there when you finally came over to the States and made the jump? What did you walk away with learning from playing in, in England? You know, pretty having already played for I don't know, a, quite a long time at that point, had a pretty solid rugby IQ relative to American kids of the same age. But... Uh, you know, the athletes in the U.S. are really good. So what they lack in technical know-how and rugby acumen, they make up for in pure athleticism. So, you know, it was, it was just a different jump. All of a sudden, there are these probably much better athletes that, that I was used to in the U.K., but they had no clue what they were doing. So, I mean, you kind of have to fight for your life out there and make sure you don't get knocked out. There's a lot of freshmen that got knocked out every time their first – First tackle out there, head on the ball. I'll give it a shot attitude. Yeah, yeah. You're in way over I'm, your head. I'm coming straight out of uh, starting defense, American football, and you know, you put the nose on the ball and you get knocked out cold in your first tackle, but they don't do it twice. So, so Pisney, as Danny's out in England playing age grade rugby, you're in Iowa, just being an emo teenager. Yeah. You want to play some rugby. Your school doesn't have a team. What do you do? Oh, well, you know, I think the education really came from watching, you know, the, the men's club there in Iowa Falls and having the opportunity to grow up there. That's, you know, before I get into, like, how do we get into the playing, it was all about exactly what he said. You know, it, the, the skill level wasn't that high. 
but the way I learned the game was really from watching athletes and how they played and in a lot of uh, physicality versus skill um, and then really you know from there it was just deciding you know that we wanted more than football and we wanted to you know have the opportunity to play rugby in our high school so um, our senior year um, you know we put I think it was probably the fourth or fifth club in Iowa together uh, the Iowa Falls High School rugby program um, and, and again, really close to what Danny said, there was, we, we put a lot of guys out there that had no clue what they were doing, but we were physically dominant and did really well, um, in Iowa against other teams. And, you know, so that was, that was something that we did. Um, you know, we just came together and said, let's do this. Um, played, played a team from Kansas city, played all the other Iowa teams and, you know, had a really good experience that year. Yeah, but I mean, coming from the UK, I was a chubby front row player, played two or six my whole life. And freshman year at ASU, they're like, oh, you're English. You can pass left and right. You're a scrum half. Congratulations. And, you know, you all of a sudden have to learn a new position. And you know, I picked up a lot about that, about the sport and stuff in general, but uh, kind of a fun time being so out of depth. But we had a group, good group of lads and well, ASU has a reputation for having a good time. So, you know, we made it work. Now, Piz, you move on to play locally on the college level for the University of Northern Iowa, mm-hmm. a team that just posted a congratulations to you after you won the championship. They said, congrats to UNI alumni Michael Pizney on his national championship win today with the Denver Barbarians. Hashtag Born in the woods. Born in the woods. Yeah, it's a, a chant that we did before every game. Um, born in the woods. Did it come with banjo music by uh, any chance? It might as well have, you know, but it was uh, definitely uh, an intimidating event when it took place. Um, really, you know, got everybody pumped up on the field, but that was kind of our motto. And, and again, it alludes to what we were talking about, you know, in the difference of the rugby, we may not have been the most skilled teams out there, um, both in high school and in college, but we certainly had the physicality and the aggression and the right mentality to, to be successful at that level. Um, shout out to the Panthers. <laughs> Danny, let's transition back to you. When do you make the move from England to Arizona? Uh, graduating from high school in the UK, had a choice of either going to college, uh, university in England, or my mom had just moved to Phoenix, and she's like, well, you can come over here. Well, that was a decision that took all of 15 seconds. And uh, yeah, ASU went on to, we had, we had a pretty social team initially, but some of the leaders decided that it was time to start building more of a program there and you know we got a little bit better over the years that four years i was there but uh, definitely had a good time so for those who don't know arizona state is an infamous party school tell us were your rugby piss-ups could the cool pool parties mtv style that we fantasize about in our heads or were they the standard 80 percent guys just rugby guys hanging out with guys uh you know it's probably a lot of uh mostly the standard degenerate rugby parties but uh yeah there's some some good memories in there i'm gonna abstain from any specific stories but uh yeah good times what's um 
Where are you? Oh, recused. Danny Bell is recusing himself from his <laughs> Arizona State social life. But after you graduate there, you stay in town as Tempe. You get a job right out of college as the doorman for the Ritz. Yeah, uh, doorman, valet, bellman of the Ritz, Carlton Phoenix. Uh, great job because it let me play rugby, have a pretty loose schedule. And, you know, if we needed to travel last minute on the weekend, I could, you know, pick up a game for a tr- touring side or whatever here and there. And luckily I had, a, I had an Aussie boss and she understood that uh, – being a rugby player came with the occasional black eye and stuff like that, and so they were pretty good to me, to be honest. It was a, a, a sweet situation. So, Pisney, after you do your time in Iowa, the little farm boy wants to get out and see the world. You find yourself in Denver playing with the Denver Barbarians. What year did you show up? Uh, so I moved out here in 05 after a nice, long, extended five-year college rugby um, career. Uh, and I did take three years off while I was in grad school and working full-time uh, at the same time. So, um, oh, five, that must have been the height of the Super League. Uh, it, it was it was kind of in the thick of it, um, and I came back in 08, and I believe I experienced one or two years of the Super League, um, and really that was a getting back in shape time period for me and learning to play at a whole nother level with the Denver Barbarians. Um, Definitely the physicality didn't hold up as well out here um, with the the skill level that Colorado had compared to some of the, you know, the Midwest stuff. Um, So it, it took a little, there was a little bit of learning curve and, you know, certainly knocking some of the rust off as well was part of that, you know, first one or two seasons. Um, there was a D2 playoff experience there with the Barbos, um, but really awesome to come onto the Barbos. Shout out to Mike Kelly from UNI, um, who had come from San Diego and was recruited by Dave Hodges to come out here and be a prop for the Barbarians. Um, so that made it really easy for me in 08 to select which club I wanted to come to. So Was it shocking to be thrown straight into a Super League environment? I mean, playing professional caliber oh, it, sides it, in I, practice. It, honestly, man, it felt like that first day of freshman football where the seniors were beating the shit out of you. And, you just wake up. <laughs> yeah, and you're like getting knocked on your ass and, you know, there's this – you know, real gut check moment of like, holy shit, this is, this is big. And in part of it was, you know, being a little rusty. I, I often wonder what it would have been like if I came straight from like the peak of my college career to the Barbos. Um, you know, and I think it would have been a much less steeper learning curve, but having to have, you know, I've taken three years off and putting on some non-healthy weight, you know, there was there was a fitness component too, but it, it was an eye opener. We had some of the most amazing rugby players that I've ever seen on those Super League squads, and you know there were you know eagles on that team, and just just knowing that and being a part of it was huge. And you just tried, you know, you, you left everything you had at every practice on the field, and um, really you know did what you could to to you know elevate yourself and the team one of the one of the funnest things that i remember is that you know when we were rocking and rolling as a d2 side with the super league side going is is we would do 
everything we could to challenge those guys and team runs. And, you know, you end up with Moreno brothers and a fist fight on the field and, you know, but at the end of the day, it was, it was all good. We were brothers in the end and it was, it was a lot of fun. Dave Hodges was a great coach. And, you know, one thing about him that I always respect him for, I, you know, I still don't know if he would recognize me if I was like, Hey, you know, (laughs) um, even though we're friends on Facebook and, and we have talked here and there when I've seen him at different things, but you know, he treated everybody. It didn't matter what squad you were on. You know, he, he took the time to coach everybody, which is something that I thought was really cool. And, you know, he's went on to, to really huge things, you know, since then. But it was it was a great experience, you know, coming into the Barbos like that. Maybe we'll get him on one day. Yeah. I'm, he's around. So, I'm boys, sure. <clears throat> we're moving into top three, a little game we like to play on Rugby Pick'em. And since you both have represented so much – for your first state here in America, we're going to do a state border special. Michael Pisney, we're going to play top three. You got to win one game of 15s. You can pick any three players who have ever played in Iowa high school, college, club from Iowa. If they've represented Iowa, they're available for selection. You get the player in their prime, injury free. Top three, tell us the why. Right. Um, Easy number one is Mike Kelly. Uh, met him on the first day of college um, in the dorms. He saw me in some rugby gear, and we immediately buddied up because he had been approached pretty quickly by the rugby team, um, state level wrestler, football player, um, but just a, a massive prop and probably one of the best teammates I've ever had. But you want to talk about somebody that you know probably should have been knocked out 50 times but just had such a thick head um, and you did not want to be on the other end of him he's my easily number one number two um, someone that I actually played with at Iowa Falls and you and I um, and had much respect for Paul Emmerich the cactus um, the cactus um, He's, he's been in this basement. We've had wrestling matches in this basement. We've shot the shit. I like to pull up old YouTube videos of him when he's here and he gets super <laughs> embarrassed and tells me to turn that shit off in front of everybody. In the closet behind you, there's a nice signed jersey that I got to put up here at some point, but uh, just a phenomenal rugby player and talent and uh, a good friend. So um, I would definitely have to select him um, as my number two. Uh, number three, um, I would go with Stephen Murrah. Um, you know, there's a lot of people out there that will kind of know a little bit about him, but um, Stephen Murrah took his life uh, a few years back, and it was a, a really difficult thing for everyone at UNI and um, uh, uh Iowa Falls. Um, He was an Iowa Falls boy that played there for years and years and eventually moved on to coaching uh, the women's team to national championship at UNI. Um, And it was later found out that he had CTE, which was kind of a a decline that was noted in his personality and in, um, and in, you know, just his quality life that, you know, led in a, a negative outcome which we see with so many different people that have CTE but I want to keep it happy with him because he was just an, an amazing person um, I wasn't the best student in high school 
I had gotten into uh, a couple other colleges, um, other D1 schools, and I really wanted to go to UNI to play rugby. Um, and he was associated with the university, and um, you know he was able to have people at UNI take a second look at my application, and I magically got in. Um, but I, his dad was the coach of Iowa Falls for years and years and years, and. Um, I don't think I would have had the opportunity that I that I wanted so bad to go to UNI if it wasn't for him. And he was always, you know, in some sense like a, a an older brother because I grew up watching him play with his his headband on and uh, amazing rugby player, amazing coach. Every every woman's player that was coached by him could talk about him for hours and his stories, but. Definitely associated with you and I in a different way, but um, I think any one of us would do anything to have him back and um, just really happy that, you know, I got to cross his path. There you go. Cheers. That's your Iowa top three right there. Danny, we're going to kick it to you, and I want you to pick your top three team. You're trying to win a game of 15s out of the state of Arizona. Anybody who played high school, college, or club, you got to win one game. You get them in their prime, injury-free. Who are you going with? Well, first up, uh, his little brother is on the Eagle Sevens team right now, Brett Thompson, who in his own right is a brilliant rugby player and a specimen. But his older brother, Ryan Thompson, one of the best athletes I've ever played with, he just plays with that little bit of edge and anger that you need out of a, a an inside-outside center that, uh, you know, if you need someone to score a try with a minute to go and just has to earn it, he's he's your guy. He's going to make it happen. I a mean, grinder. A grinder. And we have a similar guy like that here in Denver. He goes by the name of Eric Sykes, who, when it counts, can put in that extra bit, has that sixth gear, and just close it out for you. So, uh, yeah, my first choice is a back, unusual, I know, that I would give a back any kind of praise, but uh, gonna go with uh, Ryan Thompson. Second up, after return to my front row home, would be Big Head, also known as Michal Robel, one of four Polish brothers that I got to play with. Um, played with him and the other youngest Robel brother, Maciek, in college. Um, Michal is a natural specimen, all-state wrestler, no neck, played uh, Grizzly uh, Pacific Northwest Rugby back when they had the ITTs uh, championships in Florida, how they kind of used to pick the Eagle Pool and stuff like that. Um, you know, if he hadn't hurt his neck in his sort of mid-20s, I think uh, he really could have gone on to the national scene. Um, well, the Polish are required to have babies two at a time. Yeah, well, uh, Mama Robel really put in her work there and earned it. The, her boys were a handful, knowing all four of them. But uh, i just like to say their four names. It's Piotrek, Jadek, Michal, and Maciek, um, which, I mean, that, you can't get any more classic than that. But uh, Michal, one of the best props I've ever played with, but also one of the best props I've ever watched play as well. Third up, since you're making me choose, um, I'm going to go with a boy that currently lives in Iowa. However, he's Scottish. The scrum half, Allie Miller, 
he came over from the Scottish youth program, was recruited because I think he had American grandparents, and Salty Thompson recruited him to come and play U20 American rugby, and uh, very small stature, but uh, don't tell him that because he was a freaking wrecking ball at scrum half. Well, scientifically proven that if you have a girl's name, you'll be tougher because you'll get bullied. And then from that experience, you'll... I'll let you talk past that <laughs> out with Allie. But um, he, he's just an incredible player, tons of talent, but also just like hard. I mean, I think guys that were either younger brothers slash scrum halves for life just got beat up their whole youth that he had a massive chip on his shoulder. And then when it came to rugby, you know, he just crushed it. Top three, Arizona, right there. Yeah. Boys, let's let's move on to the culture section. I'm all about choice. You get to pick your intro and your outro song, but you guys are sharing one episode together, so you're gonna have to come to an agreement. What do you like right now? What are you listening to? Do you wanna go with a classic? Do you wanna go with something hot? What are we thinking for an intro song? Mm. You know, like a, a baseball batter coming up to bat. He gets his feel song. What do you got, Pace? I, I mean, I think Danny and I would probably agree on Bohemian Rhapsody as, oh, gosh, intro or outro? Probably intro. Yeah, okay. intro. Uh, and for I, the record, any of the Rugby Pick'em fans out there that doesn't already know this, you got to listen to our outros all the way through. We always hide a little nuggets in there, some little outtakes. Just listen all the way through. It's yeah. where the good stuff is. And then I, I bet Danny can know our, our common song is an outro as well. For an outro, I think at this point in our career, it's got to be, you got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. Ah, perfect. <laughs> that is definitely It's basically perfect. a song about risk analysis. Yes, exactly. Absolutely. But uh, after having the phenomenal season that we were having, you know, we're not walking away from the club by no means or the sport. But you just got to pick your battles. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that. I, I try not to harp on it, but I mean, how good does it feel to finally win at your age? Which I won't put a number on, but let's just say you boys are gray. <laughs> uh, it feels amazing, man. Um, you know, being with this club for 10 years now, kind of on the dot, um, this was a perfect way to kind of put a cherry on top of. Uh, uh, thousands of amazing players, um, you know, games, wins, tournament wins, um, close calls, you know, and and never being able to quite get it done in the playoffs. You know, this is something that our club set a goal with several years ago, you know, coming to D2 and saying, you know, this is this is where we feel we need to be. Um, whether it's our second side or our first side, and, and, and this is something that we need to accomplish. Um, and it, it was a huge step for us um, and a huge boost for us. And I'm just, I'm really proud we got it done with the squad we got it done, the way we got it done, the people we got it done with, and just really doing it for the Barbo Nations, for, for, for all the guys that have been a part of this club. Barbo fam. Barbo fam. You know, I, I, these guys would have helped heard me harp on it this season is that you know this movement really started two years ago you know we were coming out of when the pro um doug schroeniger's first attempt at professional rugby in the u.s we're actually representing we're his legal counsel so anything you say here is privileged between uh, doug and i 
decimated the, the, the Barbos PRP team. I think we lost six or seven players when that happened. So, you know, our club was reeling after that. We had to find a place and we played a, a, a mediocre D2 season. And then coming out of that, we had to decide, you know, wh wh what are we going to do? Where are we at? And some of the, some of the in-house older boys kind of made a decision. It's like, well, we're going to make an effort and make a run at D2. And along came our new coach, uh, Brian Erickson. Timing was perfect. I'll take a little bit of luck on the, the timing there. And, you know, our philosophy just started to change. We started with culture first and then practicing intensity and all of that started to adapt and get better and then came with the winning and then the team started to enjoy winning and then we had an unbeaten spring season going to playoffs last year lost a heartbreaker in a lightning storm in case you don't know per irb rules if the game is called because of lightning after the 60 minute mark the score stands at whatever it was at the call don't let that ruin your season, just so you know. Now, Brian Erickson, he, he fights. He, he barks like a dog when he doesn't get his way, and I like that about a coach. He hung you, in there. You know, he, he's a big man. He's a big lock. I mean, he's, what, 6'4", six, 6'5", six, very athletic. No calves. But but, but he's got the, the heart of a chihuahua scrum half, and he'll let you know that from the sideline. I, I don't know if anyone's ever made that comparison, but I think he's a scrum half stuck in a lock's body as far as his sideline mentality goes. Um, and then, you know, this last year, we just decided we knew how good we were, and we just built off that, got better and better, you know, and we managed to pull it off. It's awesome. Having lost a national championship in Arizona four years ago, I knew how bad it tasted to get so far and then finally get pipped at the final post. So this was an awesome, awesome finish to the year. Let's wrap with your guys' rugby future. Michael Pisney, what does your future look like? Anything. Give us the next day. Give us the next week. Give us the next four years. Uh, I am always going to play rugby, I think. I don't know when I'll stop, um, you know, until I absolutely can't. Um, but this is certainly a time for me to take a step back. Um, I want to continue to support the club. Um, in whatever way possible, but really looking forward to, you know, kind of taking a break from the super competitive um, side of things. And, um, you know, I think my big thing is that if there's a need, I will always be there and I'll step in and I'll raise my hand as long as my body will let me. But uh, the old turf field um, and the eight, eight o'clock practices till 11 doesn't, uh, you know, do real well for the old men on the club, which <laughs> I can kind of consider myself. So, but I definitely look forward to some B-side games and, um, you know, really, you know, trying to be a part of different tournaments and social games. And um, if there is ever a need for me to come, you know, back uh, to a higher level, you know, due to injuries or, you know, just, you um, whatever it may be, I'll, I'll certainly be there for the club. Um, but I, I really want to help, you know, in, in part of winning has been really, you know, seeing a lot of other guys put up their hands that were out this season, whether it's uh, big Daniel Wagner, Mitch, um, you know, some of those guys, I'd really like to see 
Lando back on the field, but I, I think it's time for other guys to go out there and get us our, our, our second one. But I certainly feel like I've achieved the goal that I set out. Well, there's do. so much to do in grassroots rugby. Yeah. Coach, play, Absolutely. admin, anybody out there on their ass listening who's not involved in rugby and wants to be, no yeah. excuses. And I, you know, it's too I'm, much to do. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm on, I'm on the admin for the club right now, and, and I think I can do a lot there, and I'm looking forward to that. Danny Bell, rugby future. Uh, first up, I'm excited to watch the Barbos Sevens team have a, hopefully another run to the national championships and um, hopefully do one better than last year and, and take it all home. You know, that'd be awesome to see. Uh, I know we have the athletes for it. Um, and then after that, into the next season, we'll see. We will see. I think player coach. We actually will see in the future. Player coach has a nice ring to it. I know uh, that's uh, when I was joking around just with, uh, with, with Brian saying that, you know, that was it. He's like, I think player coach sounds good. I'm like, well, we'll see how that goes. I don't know. I, a break sounds good for now. Um, but uh, definitely, you know, continue to be involved as, as much as possible. And, you know, we all bleed green here in Denver. All right, boys. To thank you for coming on Rugby Pick'em, I wrote your original Rugby Pick'em bio haikus. Are you ready? Michael Pisney, Iowa farm boy, Barbo Nation, here I come. Won the big one. (laughs) I like it. We'll find a place to get that tattooed. (laughs) Find a a spare cheek. Bumper sticker. That's going to make a great bumper sticker. Yeah, that's going to be a nice ass tattoo. (laughs) And and when you say the A, think of like some bro in a meme who's like, Get around me, mate. Get around me. Danny Bell. Shout out Pete Borlase. Kenya, England youth. Hilton Bellman loves his tips. Arizona sunburnt heart. Good, except for I work for the Ritz, not Hilton. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens when you make art on the fly. You just got to go with it. Uh, other than that, I like it. It's good stuff. Don't let my boss hear that. Just kidding. All right, boys. This is where I'm going to open up to you now. Would you like to poll the audience on a question? So put a question out there. We'll bring it up on next week's pick and see what the audience thinks. What do you want discussed? You know what I want discussed? How USA Rugby and the Rocky Mountain Rugby Union can enhance Colorado rugby by forming a, a D1 league in Colorado. Done. We'll look into it. Danny. Uh, what's up with MLR not using TMO? It is driving me nuts. They have missed some big calls. I believe it's because each stadium is inconsistent with the technology, so they just say we're not doing it. That is a bullshit. Figure that out, MLR. Danny Bell. That's a bullshit very, excuse. <laughs> they're very upset. Or, you know, at this at least at the stadiums when they have it, use it. You know, it, some of the calls that have been missed are egregious. Egregious. I, I agree. Mean, you can see the stills showing them. Well, Danny, our goal on Rugby Pick'em is to interview every money man in the MLR. I'm talking about the owner's baby, the ones putting up the cash to make this whole professional rugby train roll. Shout out to all the rich MLR owners out there. Your life is so hard. I'll cut that. Gentlemen, any last shout outs? Feel free to just list it. Uh, Shout outs to coaches over the years in Arizona, Brad Filgus, Gary Lane, 
Salty Thompson, Lee Redlegs, Junior Fa'asau. Yeah, there's been a bunch of epic coaches along the way. Uh, and then here, even in uh, Denver, Pete Borlase, Rugger Piz. Mike was one of our first coaches when uh, when I got here because we needed it. Awful he stepped coach. up. Awful coach. <laughs> Never and, again. And, and of course, that goes with uh, AB Live, too. You know, if it wasn't for them. Shout we, out AB Live. Shout out AB Live. You know, if it wasn't for them, we wouldn't be here celebrating a national championship. As small as they think that role was, it was a definite key part in the story. Um, and then, uh, of course, uh, coaches that have helped us more recently with the Barbos, Dan Bludeau, uh, Tyson Meek, um, and, of course, Brian Erickson himself. Yeah, Pete Borlase was coach for two years. I like Pete. I like playing for Pete. Shout out Pete Borlase. They're coming out rugby. And no one can understand his calling system. But besides that, (laughs) Epic, really good coach. And obviously his uh, career speaks for itself. Rugger Pez. Just the players, man. The people that were in the trenches, you know, from from day one. uh, All the way back to high school. Um, Guys like Brian Nail, um, Sala. Um, a huge shout out to Jim Gillespie for coaching us um, into college. Just guys like um, uh, Jacob Fierbach, 12s. Gosh, who else was in those squads? Struby, um, Lama, uh, just all of the boys that we had, you know, r- rocking and rolling through those days, man. It was great. With the Barbos, we're looking at uh, Tim Miller, Posty. Um, Rob Moreno, Chris Moreno, um, the list goes on and on, but there's just so many bruisers that I've played with over the years that have, have really taught me a thing or two. AB, people or Let's not forget Eric Wade and Tom Hewitt. Yeah, absolutely. Those guys, absolutely. Tyson Meek, I, you know, can't forget any of these dudes, but there's just, there's too many to thank. All right, gents, you ready for a bonus segment? One of our faithful callers. Called in with something especially for you. What's up? This is Johnny X. I tell you my location, but I've classified. Take him. I have a bit of a scenario to ask you. It's a little bit complicated, so please bear with. Would you rather score the game-winning try? Let's say your team is down four points and you need that fifth point to win whatever game it is and deal with a cataclysmic injury, like a career-ending injury? Or would you rather stop the game-winning try, like say you're up four points, and you still get that cataclysmic injury? So you get the injury, but you win the game. Which would you rather do? Thank you. So it sounds like he's not giving us much of a choice on the injury front. Yeah, fuck that. You will you will have a career-ending injury, but I think the question here, and shout out Johnny X, uh, one of our more consistent oddball callers. We love it. Keep calling rugby, pick him. 970-645-6222. But I think he's asking, would you rather score the game-winning try and blow your knee out or stop the game-winning try and blow your knee out? And the attention whore I am, I would score the game-winning try. Well, and I want to correct you because I've had three ACL surgeries, so that's not going to end my career, bro. <laughs> it may end your little skinny chicken legs, <laughs> but not mine. Uh, and it, this is a freaking no-brainer right here, man, because defense wins championships. That's clearly, in the second scenario, a championship game. 
I'd want to make that tackle to save it for the championship. Can you can you make the tackle turnover and score in the same phase and therefore you get two for one on that one? If you're gonna go out but Danny. save the game and score. So you You'd actually, have to blow two ACLs to do that to get that much score. Well, I think if that's gonna happen, then fair enough. <laughs> oh, Johnny X here say this. Keep calling in with those types of questions, gentlemen. Thank you for coming on Rugby Town. You're very welcome. Thanks for having us. Here's BT. On a train bound for nowhere, I met up with a gambler. We were both too tired to sleep, so we took turns of staring. Out the window at the darkness, the boredom overtook us. Wow, that guy's fast. And he began to speak. He said, son, I've made a life. You know, you know, since then, you know, coming into the Barbos, like, you know, you know, you know, you know, in some sense, like, you know, you know, saying, you know, 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 back. By the way, they held their eyes. So if you don't mind my saying, I can see you're out of aces for a taste of whiskey. I'll give you some. Uh, I am always going to play rugby, I think. I don't know when I'll stop. <laughs> I like it. So I handed him my bottle And he drank down my last swallow Then he bombed a cigarette And asked me for a life Piotrek, Jadek, Michal, and Maciek Can't get any more classic than that. Just, like, hard. And the night got deathly quiet lost all expression said if you're gonna play the game boy you gotta learn to play it right you got to know when to hold them know when to fold them know when to walk away and know when to run you never count your money when you're sitting at the table there'll be time enough for counting Doug Schroeniger's menage a trois, if you will. Every gambler knows that the secret to surviving is knowing what to throw away, knowing what to keep, cause every hand's a winner. You boys are great. Every hand's a loser, and the best that you can hope for is to die in your sleep. All right, boys, we're playing a game called Speed Round. You don't have to give the why this time. You have, it's one or the other. We're going to start in our miscellaneous section. I'm going to go every other. So I'm going to start with Danny, go to Piz, back to Danny. You don't need to know why. You're just hitting it. Danny, hair plugs or toupee? Toupee. Piz, Tupac or Biggie? Tupac. Hot or cold water when you shave? Hot. Forwards or backs? Forwards. Beer or liquor? Beer. Beach or mountains? Mountains. Red pill, blue pill? Blue pill. Sneeze or cough? Cough. Try or try assist? Try. Fifteens or sevens? Fifteens. East or west coast? West coast. Sleep or sex? Sex. Night before a game, sex or no sex? No sex. 
Dogs or cats? Dogs. <laughs> All right. Woo, the boys made it through the miscellaneous round. Now we're on to rugby slash sports. Danny Bell. Dan Carter or Johnny Wilkinson? Johnny Wilkinson. Israel Falau or Israel Dag? Dag. Richard McCall or George Smith? Oh, that's a tough one. George Smith. Sosa or McGuire? Bigger villain. McGuire. Jordan or LeBron? Jordan. Tiger or Phil? Phil. Ate or Nessa Malifa? Oh, Ooh, wow. That's the, wow. that's the hot seat right there. We know those guys. Yeah. I mean, pass, pass, pass. You get one pass. Yeah. Can't answer that. Tom Brady or Johnny Menzel? Oh, Johnny Football, no doubt. <laughs> Clemens or Pedro? <laughs> Pedro. Pro rugby or MLR? So far, MLR. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? My guy, Doug Schoeninger, put on one hell of an opening year. Yes, he did. All right. right. Still waiting for my money back. Here we go. We're on food. These might have three as an option. You still just got to pick one. Guac, queso, or salsa? Salsa. Salt or pepper? Pepper. Corn or potatoes? Corn. Ranch or blue cheese? Ranch. Cooler ranch Doritos or nacho cheese Doritos? Nacho cheese. Not even a question. Fries, tots, super salad. Tots. (laughs) Tots. <laughs> Ketchup or mustard on a hot dog? Oh, fuck. Ketchup. Mexican or Italian? Oh, Mexican. Coke or Pepsi? Coke. Gatorade, Powerade? Gatorade. Burrito or taco? Burrito. McDonald's or BK? We answered that tonight. It's definitely McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, but we waited for 25 minutes. Hamburger or cheeseburger? Cheeseburger. Good, that was a test. Psycho. Anybody who picks a hammer needs to seek medical attention. Psycho person. All right, now here's our in or out food section. I'm just going to say food. You say whether you're in or out. Cilantro. In. Pickles. In. Onions. In. Mushrooms. In. Beets. Out. We almost had a full forward round where you're in on anything that's (laughs) edible. Ice cream past 2 a.m. or before noon? In. (laughs) Sitting down in the morning when you pee. (laughs) <laughs> Sometimes you have to. Yeah, I'm in. You're you're a fool if you say you don't do that. Come on. All right. Lastly, pop culture, and I swear this is it. This is the last segment. Bond or born? Bond. Bond. Bat- Batman or Superman? Batman. Rihanna or Beyonce? Beyonce. Bruce or Bon Jovi? Bon Jovi. And lastly, who is your guy's Batman? Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George Clooney, or Christian Bale? You're a millennial. Pick Christian Bale. You know you want to. I want to pick him, but it's it's Keaton. Uh, Christian Bale. Pick him. Pick him. Bone voice. All right. Get the fuck out of my house. Faded off to sleep. And somewhere in the darkness, the gambler, he broke even. But in his final words, I found an ace that I could keep. You got to know when to hold Know when to fold up. Know when to walk away. And know when to run. You never count your money. When you're sitting at the table, there'll be time enough to count. When the dealing's done, you got to know. Count your money when you're 
We want to hear from the listeners. If you have a funny prop bet, a great story from a drink-up or tour, or just a cheeky quip, call 970-645-6222 and leave a voicemail. If the audio is good, we'll use it in next week's Pick'em. Again, 970-645-6222.